Welcome back to Fantasy Insanity. I am your host, John Bosch. Uh, we reference people on this podcast all the time that play in tons of leagues, play in tons of different kinds of leagues. Uh, I thought it would be fun to go ahead and have a discussion with somebody that definitely fits that profile. You all know him as the FF Engineer. Uh, Kevin, thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks, John. Good, good to be on with you. So uh, before we before we do, you know, your story on <laughs> just how you went, I'll call it insane as a compliment. Uh, where where can everybody find work that you do and follow you and everything? Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm at the underscore ff underscore engineer. Um, you can find my work on DLF, and then uh, I have a site, the ffengineer.com that uh, basically centralizes everything. Um, I have links to all my leagues, uh, all my work on DLF, any um, guest articles I might have done or things like that. So uh, those are the two primary ways, and obviously Twitter, always available on Twitter. All righty. Well, then uh, let's go ahead and get on into it. When did you start playing fantasy football? So fantasy football, uh, just – uh, redraft leagues I started in maybe the year I got out of high school maybe like 19 years old 18 years old uh, so you know almost 18 20 years ago now um, just doing free leagues with buddies and stuff like that uh, nothing real exciting or high money or anything like that uh, just fun right I, I thought but way back then I thought it was a good way to find out more about teams outside of the Patriots so I'm a big Patriots fan and I wanted to know more about other teams so I, I figured fantasy football is a good way to learn the players' names, you know, what the running backs on other teams are about, what the receivers are about. So that kind of was the infancy of my fantasy, uh, you know, career, if you will, uh, as a player. Uh, so and then, started out with just redraft then? That's kind just of redraft, yeah, way yeah. back then. And then um, Dynasty was uh, about four years ago. I did a startup with a bunch of guys on Twitter, um, Nathan Powell, um, um, I think it's Megatron, uh, Mark on, uh, Twitter. Some people know him, did a lot of MFL tens, uh, a lot of different people. So we, uh, dynasty Frank is in Seinfeld dynasty with me. Uh, so we started that Seinfeld dynasty and that was my first one. It was a 14 team league, traditional PPR. Uh, and that got me hooked. I mean, when I first did that dynasty team, I was really hooked. I thought it was great. I got I loaded up early on all these redraft players, right? <laughs> so four <laughs> years ago, I started my draft, my dynasty draft with like Adrian Peterson, um, Maurice Jones-Drew, um, and then Matt Forte. So they were all three old running backs for my first three picks, you know, four years ago. Which you know, as a redraft guy, I'm like, well, this is great. I can get three solid PPR running backs, like. Right off no, the bat. <laughs> nobody, nobody was kind enough to point out, um, by the way, that's not really yeah, how you want to build this. not the way you want to build this, yeah. So, <laughs> they're, so they're I dug my hole. They're sitting there saying he already paid, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, I found my way, you know, as many people do the first year. Um, and then just built up from there. So so you uh, you moved on to Dynasty. Um and at, at that point, then, how were you still playing redraft? Had you moved just to dynasty at that point? How many leagues were you playing in when you joined the Seinfeld Dynasty League? Yeah, so the first one I was probably just doing uh, two or three free uh, ESPN Yahoo type dynasty uh, redraft leagues, and then I had my one home league, which 
it was pretty intense. It's only a 10-team league, 150 buy-in. We have all these upper kickers where, like, we um, $2 for every transaction. So if you add a player, we put 2 bucks in the pot. Every trade is 3 bucks into the pot. And then the winner at the end of the year gets, you know, 60% of the pot. And then second place is 30%. And we have um, different toilet bowl type prizes and things like that. So that was my main intense redraft league. You know, that's, we go to some social club and there's 10 of us and everyone's got their own table and, you know, they all got a pitcher of beer going around everybody and, you know, getting all, everyone drunk. You're buying guys rounds, right? And getting them more drunk than you want to get drunk, right? You want to crush the draft, right? So that one's more typical, fun. You know, we do that every year, live draft in person, which is great. So that's my one redraft league that I'm down to now. And then um, we can go into some of the other leagues I'm in. But I'm up to 19 dynasty leagues now. 19 dynasty leagues. That's that that is that's insane. Uh, I'm yeah. really trying to work that award in way more than I saying crazy because that's uh, obviously you know the, the intent of the podcast. Yeah. So after that, you when you joined the Seinfeld Dynasty, you just was that it? Just one for that year, then? Yeah, that was just one for that year, and we kind of tried it out. And then I think the second year we uh, we started uh, uh, a wrestling league. W it's based off WWF and WWE. Uh, we have kind of like new age and old age, uh, you know. So there's like divisions with Hulkamania and all the old guys, and then there's a division with the new guys. Um, and that one was my first one, and I. That I kind of learned my lesson, and I went all receiver, and I totally punted running back on that one, you know. So I loaded up, and that year I drafted in the startup draft. I got Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, you know, Golden Tate. I loaded up on all these receivers, Ty Hilton, and I totally punted running back. I think I had like no Sean Marino for my running back, you know, and he was horrible. So I had to build up my running backs, but it's worked out pretty good in that league. Um, now is that is that uh, was it basically the same group of people that just wanted to compete against each other more, or was it a different group of people then? Yeah, I think it was probably uh, maybe eight to ten of the same people. Uh, so Seinfeld was fourteen team. This one went down to twelve team, and I think maybe seven or eight of us were from Seinfeld and moved over to the WWF league. Um, so that was we did there, that one. Was Go there ahead. any? Was there any real difference between the leagues other than the league size, or was just it literally just you guys wanted to compete against each other? Yeah, we on just multiple. wanted more. Yeah, just we just wanted more leagues. You know, we just wanted to start more. Um, so we, that was our two was you know big exciting getting to two, uh, and then the same year we started uh, uh, Game of Thrones IDP league, which was a big jump, and that was my first venture out of a t- completely different format. Right, so the. Uh, Game of Thrones League is uh, 60 man rosters, full IDP. You start 21 guys a week, you know, 11 on defense, 10 on offense, uh, super flex, 10 in premium. We threw a lot of bunch of different stuff at it, right? And that was like real intense, right? That was like insane. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. That one was our first insane kind of like <laughs> format where we're all kind of like, okay, let's make sure we didn't take on too much here, but. You know, we all enjoyed it. It was pretty cool getting into IDP. I had not, never done IDP uh, individual defensive player leagues. Uh, yeah, so, so, that was so what, was cool. that, what was that transition like? Because I have not jumped into IDP yet. Uh, my fear is that I will like it just as much as I like my current leagues, and I will spend just as much time, which means I will literally 
spend even way more time than I already do, which would be way just I already spend too much time thinking all exactly. kinds of players. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and that's that is a it is a challenge. Um, you know, there I I don't focus and do uh, enough of my own research. So on the offensive side, the way I've gotten now with Dynasty is I'm doing a lot of my own research. You know, I'm reading a lot. I'm watching tape, watching highlight uh, clips of players. I'm evaluating on my own, going through team reports. I'm scrounging a lot of different data and information. For the IDP, I kind of punted it more and I read more. Like people that I trusted, I just went to like different sites that were covering IDP, like D DLF and other guys that I trusted. And I would just read their stuff. So if they recommended a player, I'd go pick up that player. And it was more, it was kind of like, a, you know, cheating off somebody else's homework at that point, right? You just want to kind of, who should I get? Tell me who should I get? And I go get that player, right? Um, so IDP, I didn't really put as much time as I put into the offensive guys. Um, and something else I noticed with IDP that's difficult is that the information varies. So even we have standard and PPR and offensive leagues, the IDP format, you really find a lot more variation in, you know, because every time you ask a question, oh, I have this linebacker, linebacker, is he good? Is he not good? And then you get a ton of questions back from these IDP writers. Well, how many points for sacks do you get? How many tackles for loss? And, you know, they, the the formats really vary league to league, and I, there's no consistency there. So that has been a little bit tougher to kind of navigate as a even someone who's not, I wouldn't call myself a casual, you know, dynasty player, but I think it's a little bit more intense work to even go in and try to make sure that you can adjust all the, you know, which kind of linebacker is good for your league and that kind of thing. So I kind of stopped at IDP. That that was my only IDP league, which I enjoy. I'm still in it. I probably won't leave it. Um, but from there I moved on to kitchen sink. Yeah. So how did how did that then come about? When you uh, you know did, how did how did that feel? Did you reach out to Ryan to get in there, or had he come across you and said, you know, you might be a good fit for this? So at this time, I wasn't writing or anything like that. I was just on Twitter, and I was this like groupie kind of guy just hitting Ryan like all the time, like, hey, dude, I gotta get in this kitchen sink league. I, I gotta get in. I gotta get in. And you know, he'd have some turnover, not often, but. He'd see turnover, and he had a turnover on a, a kitchen sink too. I think it was the first one I took over, uh, and it was a mediocre roster. And you know, he said, "Hey, you know, you want to take over this roster in kitchen sink too." So uh, it wasn't a startup. I wasn't involved in the infancy of the league, but I was able to take get. It was it was a gateway in to his leagues, right? So yeah. I agreed to take an orphan on. It was a hundred dollar buy in. Um, so I took on that team. Um, it was okay shape. Had to not only ramp up on the format. These guys, you know, because Kitchen Sink Two had already been, you know, I think it was the year after they had started the startup draft, and a lot of the guys were in Kitchen Sink One. So I'm already behind the eight ball with format. This is Superflex, Devi, Contract. I mean, it, Ryan really did a great job with this, uh, incorporating a, literally the Kitchen Sink of formats, right? Yeah, so if anybody if anybody wants uh, a detailed detailed description of kitchen sink, you can go back to the very first episode of this podcast. Ryan was my first guest because uh, I I came across kitchen sink league when I was doing research for other leagues, and I, <laughs> I was amazed by it. So I knew when I started this that he was definitely definitely somebody I was going to have on, and I was pretty happy to actually get a 
premiere this podcast with talking kitchen sink league because they are they're the really i mean they're over the top a lot yeah, of stuff definitely that that is uh that is the definition of insane league you know just <laughs> literally has the kitchen sink so it's super flex the devi and all the things that i mentioned um yep. so get into that one and then you know, I kind of worked my way and I eventually, so I'm in all four kitchen sinks now, um, but three of them were all orphans. And uh, so KS1 was the second one I got into and I took on an orphan uh, and this was a miserable roster. I, it was totally decimated. So that one was more like, I think he would, he would have paid somebody to take this team. <laughs> it was just so bad. And it was in the kitchen sink pros side. So when, when, Ryan did kitchen sink. He started it with pros versus Joe's kind of thing. You know, guys, guys like Scott Peak, Chad Scott when he was at DLF, he 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 was in there. Um, Ryan was in there. Uh, there's just so many writers that I looked up to, and I looked at. You know, that's who I was learning from how to how to play Dynasty, let alone be good at it. So I was a little intimidated taking on the team, and it was a complete uphill battle, but. I figured even if they kicked me out of league or if I didn't do well, I at least learned from the interactions in being in the league, right? It was just a gateway to get into seeing how these guys actually play their leagues, right? Yeah, if you're going to get beat, you might as well get beat by the best. Exactly. Right? <laughs> uh, so I figured, hey, when I, it was like 35 bucks. I said, all right, I'll get in and I'll take this team and see what I can do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then that kitchen sink was, 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 uh, was that next step for me. Uh, and then once I got rolling, you know, now I'm up to seven leagues or you know, six, seven leagues type level. And I kind of get it. I started getting a pattern and a system down how to deal with seven leagues, you know, setting my lineups. Because even when I was doing redraft, I probably didn't have seven leagues running it in that, at the same time, let alone, you know, dynasty things right so redraft you're setting lineups and your in-season management trades and that kind of thing but you know seven dynasty leagues once you get into the 365 day you know roster management of it it can be a lot you know some people i talk to you know they have two or three leagues and they think seven's a lot and as i as i got to seven i it's one of those things that you have this breakthrough and you think I can do this, right? And so just a quick side personal note, right? I I, I have this relation with kids too. So um, my wife and I have four children. And, uh, you know, we got to, we had one. We kind of figured out one. We had, we always wanted to have more than one. So we had the second one. And after you have your second kid, you know, if you have two kids, you know what I'm talking about. You yep. get to the second one and you're like, oh, this is easy. This oh, is I've nothing. Got, yeah. I've got questions on how you balance all of this with four kids. So, yeah. so then, but then you, you get kind of like overzealous and you get the third, third kid and the fourth kid and you're like, Oh, what the hell did I do? <laughs> and you try to get a system down. But uh, so it's the same thing for leagues, right? So like, you know, where you get seven, whether you're in seven leagues or 12 leagues or 14, or, no matter how many you're in, um, you kind of just want to get a system down. So, for instance, a, a good example is uh, waivers. So all my waivers run at different times, and it's really hard to keep up when they run. But most leagues you can fill in and just queue up your waivers. You don't necessarily have to hit it when they run. So I'll schedule myself, like, on a whenever I have free time, Monday night or something, even if sometimes, you know, so with four kids, right, how do you do it? 
<laughs> so it's like at midnight, right? <laughs> like yep. You lose less sleep. You just don't sleep as much. So I set all my waivers for all my leagues. I set up, you know, I open up all the tabs on an Internet Explorer window, open up, you know, 12, 14 tabs at a time. And I just set all my waivers at the same time. And generally I'm targeting the same players. So it's not like I'm researching 14 times two or three different players for each league. So you're really working on, you know, if, if, I, if I want to target, like, for instance, in my Superflex leagues, I'm targeting Blaine Gabbard a lot. So I'd go through all my leagues and I'd see if he's available. And then I just have that list of players in each each league. I'm going after the same type of players, right? So I have like a list of maybe seven players and I just target all those players at once. So I think those kind of um, systems you get down kind of help you manage. And, and at that point, what's one more, right? You kind of get into this. And it, it can be a, a detriment, right? You kind of like, I get to the point now where I'm like, all right, 15 is the limit. I can't do more than 15. <laughs> and then somebody comes by and they're like, hey, we got an opening in this league. And I'm like, oh, a salary cap league? I never yeah. did a salary cap league. Like, that sounds cool. So then I, I got like, into oh, a salary like cap. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> and so, you know, and, you know, um, you've also got a, you've also got an auction based league. You've got a couple of salary cap leagues, I see. Uh, by the way, I should mention, I, I'm looking at a website that you created to keep track of all of your leagues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, so, which is amazing that you've had to actually create something to, I'm sure it's a tool for yourself that, that essentially makes it very easy on you. Uh, that's, again, my guess is you're basically your homepage for fantasy football then. Yeah, you know, um, so a lot of the uh, um, advice or, or help I give people on Twitter or now that I'm writing for DLF um, it is very homegrown, organic type stuff. So I'm doing this stuff for myself, and it's not like I'm in zero or one leagues and I'm just hypothetically coming up with, oh, this is what you might be seeing in your league or, you know, how you handle multiple leagues or, you know, if you're in this type of format – um, generally across my 19 leagues, I have such dispersity that um, generally I can get a sense f for anybody that asks me a question, whether you're in a 12-team, I got a 16-team league, I'm in IDP, I'm in Superflex, I'm in Titan Premium, I'm in Salary Cap, I'm in a contract league, uh, I'm in a Devi league. So across all these leagues, um, so it's really organic for me that I'm managing all my rosters and I'm looking at how do I fill my roster and what players of my targeting and then my website um generally i have a spreadsheet on there that's this league summary tab and basically i have a, a table that has you know maybe 15 columns on it and i fill in my lineups and it, it's just a good like forty thousand foot view where i can look at my lineups on all 19 leagues at once and say all right this one's missed this Superflex league i don't have a quarterback for my Superflex spot uh, the, the, you know, I, I can look real quick, three, three leagues don't have a wide receiver three slot. Uh, this guy, this team's a little bit too old because I really like to balance my team. So I, I'm like, all right, the, these three dynasty rosters, they're, um, teams I took over and have too much age. They're, they're way too over 30 or say, uh, or, or too young and I can take on more, more age. So, and it just generally helps me. And then kind of dawned on me. I don't know, maybe someone who's 
got three or four leagues is struggling on how to manage these leagues, you know, because people say it a lot. Like, like you approached me and said, you know, Kevin, how are you doing this? You got full-time job, four kids, you know, I have my own house and take up care of that stuff and write and manage my 19 leagues and all this stuff. Right. So I figured, Hey, you know, I'll share it. So I posted on the site and just make it available to everybody. So they can go on my site uh, under a tab, uh, my leagues, um, they can go through all my leagues, click on a link, see what kind of format I'm playing. If in really what I intended to, why I wanted to share it was um, I wanted to expose people to more leagues and formats. So if you're just in a 12-team PPR dynasty league, and that's kind of like you've got the hang of it a little bit, and you kind of want to branch out a little bit, um, you can go through my rosters, go through the rules. You know, you don't even have to look through my rosters. You can just click the link and uh, go into the rules section and kind of look through what are the rules, uh, what are the um, bylaws that we have set up, the format, and all that kind of different stuff. Yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, that's one, wanting to spread the joy of being in so many different formats. That's I mean, that's that, that defines exactly why I started started this podcast because – I have started to branch out. I'm, I'm right now going through that process of branching out into all kinds of different leagues. And I'm having so much more fun with fantasy football and football season hasn't even really, you know, actual games have not yet started. And I've already had more fun in the 2016 football season than I've had ever in my life with football. And I mean, I've played fantasy football for a long time, had fun and success in it, but Nothing like nothing like this as I start to branch out into these leagues. So for anybody out there that's listening, you know, hopefully you're feeling that bug to reach out. I would highly recommend going to the ffengineer.com. If you want to read some some great, you know, read about different formats, listen to the podcast. I'm going to go through a lot of them. But this is a great way to go and you can read. I mean, you've got so many different leagues. Are there is there any type of league that you don't play in? that you're aware of? Um, every now and then I come across somebody asked me about a 20 team league. Uh, the highest size I have is 16 team league. Um, okay. And and that 16 team is maybe 30 man rosters. So just to give you an idea. I think that's fairly large for the general population of dynasty leagues, you know, so 16 teams by the 30, you know, it gives you an idea how many players, how deep the, the pool we have to go into, right? Yeah, but every now and then I'll get a question on somebody's doing a startup draft and they're in a 20 team league. Uh, so that one's kind of out there that, you know, I, I have to kind of do the math on, okay, pick 24 is really just the early second, right? So you kind of have to adjust where I'm not in a, that specific type of league. Um, some other formats that I might not be in, um, that I, actually one that I'm joining is, uh, the Dynasty One podcast. I got into their listeners league. Um, yeah, I've been trying to get in there, and I everybody keeps beating me to the answer because I don't, I don't hear the podcast quick enough. Darn it! <laughs> so uh, I'm, that's an RSO. So that's uh, on a different platform altogether. Yeah. Um, so that one, I'm interested to try. I've never tried that one out, but it seems like it's more salary cap based, more contract mm-hmm. uh, based, and so I'm, I'm, I'm interested to get into that. So that that'll be a new one for me. Uh, so you, you, you said that you know you do have wife and kids, and balance is when when I started to see how many different types of leagues, I think you can play in like 
you know, 15 dynasty leagues. And if they're all kind of set up the same way, I don't think that's as challenging as doing a bunch of different leagues. I don't know that from experience. That's just how I kind of envision it. If you're in, you know, the same league over and over, it's got to be easier. You're in so much different stuff that you have to balance to the point where you have the website. So uh, I do have lots of questions about that. (laughs) Uh, Sure. What is, I know I am often up late at night working on stuff for fantasy football for this podcast or for a league I'm setting up, something like that. And I'll come to bed at three in the morning. Uh, how, how often are you up super late? And then obviously, what is what kind of a look do you get from your wife when you're up until late hours of the night focusing oh, yeah. on fantasy football? Usually the look is in the morning when I won't get up in the morning. <laughs> That's usually when it's the problem, you know, trying to get kids off to school and things that that kind of thing, right? Uh, you know, she's an early riser, so I really struggle with that. So usually I'm up like last minute, you know, 7 a.m. trying to get the kids showered, you know, ready, get them off to school. But yeah, I'm I'm definitely pushing that envelope with what time I go to bed and what time I'm waking up. You know, that that it's an issue. It's a real issue, and I can't. I can't sit here and, and try to tell you that it's I'm managing it that well. Uh, you know, it's it's a struggle. But at the same time, it's a hobby, right? I mean, I'm not at a bar. I'm not, you know, out drinking or I'm not, you know, I don't have other kind of like uh, vices, if you will. This is my vice. And I'm home, right? So, you know, this is what I got. This is what I do. We all justify it the exact same. <laughs> like that, that, that same answer. That same answer of, well, I'm not out getting drunk in a bar. Like that's, (laughs) I I don't know if that's, I, I'm not sure if that's really a positive for us or not. Like, well, it could be worse. I could be just getting hammered drunk every night out in a bar, but uh, yeah, it probably wouldn't fly like we hope it would. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. That is, uh, that is definitely, I mean, this, this is how we spend our time is, is, is reading about fantasy football and, and stuff like that. What, uh, I think so. Somebody I can't remember who it was, but said I don't I don't play golf, you know, so I'm not out golfing yeah, all the yeah. time. That's, you know, yeah. th- this is all we this is all we want to do. Uh, yeah, you have yeah. four kids, then. So so what ages are they? I have a uh, thirteen, eight, four, and two. Okay, so you have a, a wide range, That's and they're all range. they're all at ages where they are. You know, I'm I'm assuming involved in things. And they're not of age where they can take themselves there. How do, how do you manage to keep up with, honestly, like on a Sunday, if they have activities, what's a Sunday like for you if they have any activities and you're trying to keep up with your football as well? Yeah, unfortunately, I have my phone attached to my neck, you know, so like I'm like, it's an extension of my hand at this point. So a lot of things I can do off my phone, but. Um, generally I try to stay off of the computer as much as I can. Um, writing is starting to infringe on that a little bit where I'm trying to write, um, like during the day on a Sunday. So if the kids are playing around or my, my son's over a friend's house or whatever's going on, you know, I'll try to sneak in half an hour, an hour on the computer and try to type something up. Um, one of the things I, I started doing was, um, you know, I, I, and, and again, this is not, a, this is, my justification and it's not (laughs) something that is going over well but this is my justification so what I started doing was actually I I was tweeting a lot so before I started writing I was tweeting so much 
stats and information and things like that. And I said, you know, I really should just um, get some kind of app on my phone where I could log in, type a few things, and then close it, right? So if I had like, uh, let's say, uh, 140 words, not characters, but 140 words that I had right in my head as a thought, I would just kind of type it down or voice it out in a voice memo and that, you know, type it out later. So like I started doing that. So that was like, you know, I could be at, at work at lunch. I could be in a meet, in a boring meeting at work and I would just start typing a few things or, you know, and that's kind of like, that's, that's of convenience, right? So I can do that anytime, anywhere, basically. Um, so I started doing that and that, that kind of helped me uh, be able to write as much as I do. Um, that's kind of worked out pretty well for me, uh, maybe not for family, but, you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 a struggle. You, you just got to time management it. And uh, I'll never forget uh, Doug Veach, who used to um, write with uh, Chad Parsons on UTH mm-hmm. Dynasty. Um, he had a podcast before he, uh, he he stopped doing it. And he said, you know, he really recommended people making use of that time that you're sitting on the pot going number two. Yeah, And I loved it. And I loved that because it was like, that is wasted time. That's t- five, 10 minutes, right? A wasted time. And he had this thing where he would say, watch video of, of a player, type something out, you know, so maximize that time. So I maximize that time too, right? So anytime you can find. That's, uh, that, that is funny. I keep a little notebook, a notepad at my, at my desk at work. And cause like if a thought pops in my head, if I don't write it down, one, I'm not going to remember it later, but I'm also, I'm going to be focused on it then because I'm going to make myself try and not forget it. So Definitely. I actually think it's better for me to just go ahead and write my little note down, whatever it is. If it, at this point, it's basically league formation and, oh, hey, I, I should, you know, I should try and reach out to that person to have them on. So I try and write a note down and, and the reason why I want to have them on something like that. But uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to have little ways to, while you're going through reality life, uh, take that little aside and Absolutely. Yeah, this is, this is what we're all thinking about football. So there's, you can't stop yourself from thinking about it. Absolutely. Um, so now you, you do, do any of your kids play fantasy football yet? No. So, you know, uh, the, to my uh, heartbreak, so I have a 13 year old son who's not into sports whatsoever. Uh, and then I have three girls that are not into sports whatsoever. So my, my 13 year old son does video games and books. He, so he reads like all these different kind of books and he, uh, plays video games with his friends all the time. So he's not a sports guy, so he's not going to be doing any fantasy league. So no, uh, which is too bad because you figure with six people in the house, I could probably do a sixteen league, right? There you go. You would be able to. You would. You would. You would be able to do that. The, the two. The two year old might struggle, but there's always that person that goes auto draft and ends up getting a, an okay team if it's two years. So, but um, so as as for the leagues, uh, do you have a favorite league, or is that like asking you to pick one of your kids to be your favorite? Yeah, that is. That is like picking your favorites. Um, you know, there's definitely leagues that demand more of my time. Uh, kitchen sink due to the format and the nature. And some leagues are a little bit more 
uh, matured and, and have this kind of uh, ebb and flow to them where I don't really have to manage them as much as other leagues like kitchen sink. Uh, and then, um, so it's not that I have favorite leagues for, you know, where I form, uh, where I particularly like a, a one format over another. It's just, uh, and this is similar to when you have multiple kids. So if you have multiple kids, you actually are really familiar with this idea. When you have multiple kids or multiple dynasty leagues, you have kids that either need more help or, you know, like I have my 13 year old as a straight A student. He's a really smart kid. But I have my eight-year-old, she's special needs, and she's a little development delayed. So she takes a little bit more of our attention. It's not that she's our favorite or anything like that. It's just that she takes more attention, right, so that more nurturing and things like that. So when you have 19 dynasty leagues, you know, um, you have teams that are a little bit further along in the vision you have for that t- roster, and, and you know, they're, they're more in uh, line, and they have the players that you want, and it's more lined up. So I have like out of my 19 leagues, I probably have 75% of them where I'm ready to go today. I don't need to make another move. The rookie draft is done. I don't need to make another trade until the season starts. So I could literally stop looking at those leagues if I needed to. They're they're just in that good of shape. Um, but I have other teams that either whether they were orphan or you know they're they're just in a, a rebuild cycle or whatever. Um, those that might need more attention, get it now. So even though I'm in 19 leagues, it's not like I'm really actively managing 19 leagues um, every day. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's true. And once you, once you get them set to how how you really want them, they, they kind of run themselves a little bit easier. That's just good parenting, right? Uh, Of your your teams. So back to, back to when you said like that you were, you know, you got the invite into the kitchen sink league and all of a sudden you're playing with, you know, pros. Um, what was that feeling like? And as, as you made that transition of, you know, like you said, just uh, observing and these are the people that you listen to and, and you read and then all of a sudden you're playing with them. Like, does it feel like a level playing field or does it feel like, Oh man, I I'm in way over my head. You're definitely intimidated. Uh, so I was intimidated going to the kitchen sink league with, with, uh, with, you know, I don't like to use the word expert or anything like that. Just I, I say writers. So I was playing with writers. Yeah. And and what I emphasize with saying that I was playing with writers, not necessarily experts, is that you definitely lose that advantage when you're in a general public league with just another buddy or somebody who's not writing. And um, you lose an advantage that writers typically are on it. Every week they're looking to write an article. They're, you know, seeing every report. They're on Roto World looking at all the blurbs. You know, they're on Twitter, you know, weekly. You know, if not every day, they're on every other day or every week. I think when you're in more general leagues that with non-writers, you definitely run into one to five owners that really are on cruise control. They show up for the rookie draft, they do the rookie draft, and they disappear. You lose that advantage completely playing against writers. So the competition by nature rises only because you lose advantages that you'll have in other leagues where there's the inactivity might be lower. Um, and then values too. So um, really it's hard to school a writer on value. So like, you know, um, 
whether it's something, uh, you know, a guy breaks his leg or Calvin retires or, you know, you, you get these kind of different deals going on or, you know, uh, changes in the market value of players, uh, you kind of lose those advantages too. So it's not so much that um, they're quote-unquote experts. It's more that you're just losing advantages against more competitive drawn-in players. Um, it's a similar effect I see in high-stakes Dynasty League as well. Uh, so I play in a, a scout fantasy, you know, buying is $299. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, uh, you know, non-riders um, that are in this high-stakes Dynasty League. And it's just uh, the attention is higher, right? They're, they're more invested. They're, the time that they're looking at their rosters, the more active participation in trades, you know, you, you kind of get a feeling that there's more activity um, there's more work to improve their teams and that kind of thing than there are when you're dealing with, you know, leagues that are necessarily non-writers or um, not as invested owners. Now, do you, do you play in any leagues that are, you know, non-Twitter leagues? Are, are any of the ones on this list, like you said, you know, something where six of the guys in it are just in it just to be in it, but not super focused on it? Do you still play in any leagues like that? Just my home redraft league. Um, but no dynasty leagues. All of these are on Twitter. Um, yeah, all of them are guys I met on Twitter. Yeah, I've I've got to find. I I took the plunge and I jumped in head first to I referred to it at one point to a pool with no water. I'm pretty sure, but uh, I don't have any like home leagues. I don't I don't have any experience with like home dynasty league or anything. I I went straight from basically home redraft to all these Twitter leagues. Um, and I, I'm still amazed that I'm in leagues with some of these people. And, uh, you know, I, I try not to be in, intimidated, but who am I to tell them that, you know, I don't know. It, it's a weird feeling. These are the guys that I listen to on a, on a daily basis at this point and listening to them. And somehow now I'm supposed to compete with these guys, but uh, hopefully, hopefully I can hold my own at least. That's my goal. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to it, um, you know, something I try to emphasize, you know, people, um, I, it, 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 it may sometimes come across as arrogance, but I really don't, I'm truly naive to the fact that I have as many followers as I do and that I write for DLF. I'm really naive to it. I'm just a guy playing Dynasty. I, you know, I tell people I'm not a writer, I'm an engineer. Uh, you know, I, I write for basically for fun you know i i mean i I enjoy it i i want to share what i've learned i've had some successes in dynasty and i just want to share what i've done what what where i've gone wrong you know uh go through those different things um so i i I am truly naive to think that i'm no better than anyone else and anyone else can play dynasty just as well as anybody else you don't have to be a writer or anything it's more your engagement level that you have to, to to this hobby that we love yeah. Um, so being intimidated, you get over that quick when you're playing with writers because you realize these are just guys too. You know, they're yep. they're elementary school teachers, they're doctors, they're lawyers, they're you know chemists. They're you know these are just we're just a big group of hobbyists that uh, either have a higher experience level or more engagement level or more money invested in depending on the league. Um, so, and and that's where you have the variations. You really, it, I mean. 
it's just like anything else. Dude, yeah. We didn't we didn't go to college to play dynasty football, right? <laughs> no, we don't have no like masters or PhD in this stuff, right? We're oh all. Oh my gosh, like, what what college offers that program? Exactly. I might go, I might go back to school. <laughs> so you know the intimidation factor kind of goes away once you realize, hey, this is just guys playing. You know, then the more you talk to them, they're just down to earth guys that yeah. started the same way you did. You know, they they weren't always playing dynasty league football. Yeah, I, I will say, I, I mean, I was kicking myself to be in, in some leagues with them just because that was a cool feeling. Uh, but like you said, I, I did <laughs> kind of quickly revert to saying, hey, you know what? I'm still going to do what I want to, what I'm like, I'm going to play my game. That's absolutely kind of all you can really do because you don't really have another choice. And hopefully I, hopefully I can make this leap and still enjoy it. I, I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, we were talking about SFB and, you know, they said it was 360 experts and 120 fans. And I kind of, I think the statement I made was something along the lines of, you know, it's, it's 120 fans and then, or it's 480 fans. It's just 360 of them just talk and think constantly just about fantasy football, 360 of them just talk more and put it out there more. But I have no doubt that, you know, basically anybody that's playing in any of these leagues, uh, they, they all have the same thought process. It's just a matter of there's some people that really go for it to put it out there more. Uh, that's, that's kind of the, the line I'm trying to, I'm trying to hopefully, uh, hopefully define there. I would never expect anybody in their first year to really be able to go in and just compete right off the bat. Cause the, there is somewhat of a learning curve at least. Um, yeah, there can be. Um, and, you know, I, I wrote this article, my first article for DLF back in uh, February when I joined uh, writing for them. I wrote an article, um, The Five Whys of Dynasty. Basically, I, w I wanted to kind of peel the layers of intimidation for people to play Dynasty and how to transition from redraft to Dynasty. And, you know, you talk to some redraft people and they feel like it's an intimidating thing. And I try to leverage... Uh, what similarities there are from redraft to dynasty to, to make the changes in format. Um, you know, there are a lot of overlaps, right? It, I mean, uh, PPR, you know, lineups, uh, scoring, all this kind of thing, positions we start, you know, there's a lot of similarities in it. And really the only difference is that you don't redraft it, right? You just stick with the players you have and go. And actually that first year, I would actually say a lot of people can compete that first year because, um, they make the mistake of not having a two or three year window out, right? They're going to go win now and they kind of do a redraft league and they compete right away. Um, so th there's kind of a mixed bag there, right? Where they can uh, actually get into a dynasty league and do okay for the first couple of years. And then that's when the learn curve hits is, you know, okay, my older players are starting to fade away. I need to replenish my roster. And that's when you kind of get into a dynasty league is that second off season or that third off season when you're, Gotta really kind of turn your roster over from maybe going win win now, as they call it. Yeah, I, I tried to tell myself in just a, in just about every league to try and be balanced. I I think I achieved it in most of them. There there's there's definitely one where I went for a little bit more uh, for this year, just simply because everybody well not everybody but there was there was three or four people in the startup that were clearly just. I mean, they were trading away everything and all they wanted was future stuff. And if, if a good majority of the league's going that way, it's 
you you can't you you can't really stay in the middle. You kind of have to go one way or the other at that point, uh, because otherwise you're going to be stuck in the middle. So there was one that I definitely went for it this year. We'll see how that goes. So I've I've got some different strategies for how I how I did these startups this year. Hopefully I'll find the one that is the right one for uh, future leagues. Not that I need to join anymore. I shouldn't, <laughs> but uh, I, I know I will. So. I think we've I think we've done a pretty good job covering kind of uh, the insanity that has become your fantasy football life, and then also how it does affect some of the reality life as well. I usually ask just a few questions that are a little bit more out of fantasy football. You having four kids and a wife, um, I have three kids. Anything over four, I I have the impression the world is not set up for a family above four. So I'm wondering if you run into the same thing when you go to book, you know, a hotel or anything like that. How much fun is that when you don't have just a family of four? Oh yeah, no, that's true. It, it's um, the, even more so before we had the minivan, it was like, do we take two cars? You know, how do we fit six people in a sedan? You know, so then that kind of like, made us transition into minivan and that solved that problem. But even when you get to minivan, it's like, how do we fit all the luggage and things like that? If you go for away for more than a week, it's like, how do you fit the stuff? Right. Um, so that's been an issue. And then, yeah, uh, you know, doing, especially when the kids are little, it's cause you get these two queen beds and it's like, what am I supposed to do with two queen beds? You know, like how am I supposed to, have, you know, there's six people. I got two queen beds. Like now I got to get a second room, you know? And so like, that was always a challenge and then you'd have to bump up and do like a suite or something yeah. like that. Or you get like a one room suite and then, you know, you stick the four year old in a crib. <laughs> <laughs> you like call the bellhop and ask him for a crib for a four year old or something. So yeah, we, yeah. We, we take little folding, little folding cots. Uh, we, we finally have just given in and now we do book. We book the suite because, okay, fine. Everybody needs a bed. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we definitely used to pull the taking like a little folding cot so that it'd be right in between those two beds, you know, the two queen beds, and and we could still fit in that single room. But now they've gotten a little bit too big for that, I guess. Uh, uh, you touched on the minivan. That was uh, that was actually another one of my questions. Do you guys have an entertainment system in the minivan? Uh, so actually, we just lost it, if you will. So we went. We had a town and country with the DVD system and all of that, and it, it had that in the in the car i yeah. just bought a brand new honda odyssey which does not have a dvd in it and i sacrificed it because they really found they weren't watching it and my wife was kind of sick of hearing like door the explorer you know because <laughs> we had the we had the town and country with the dvd for eight years i think um so we had that for quite a while and i think my wife was kind of sick of putting it on for the kids and you know you have a 13 year old you it's you kind of get wore out of the you know hearing door every time you go mm -hmm. in the car so, uh, we were okay giving up a little bit and upgrading to the Odyssey. Yeah, we we do still have the town and country with the entertainment system, but they they're all at the point now where they're just staring down at their tablets. Basically, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which which are a godsend on road trips. I don't care if it. I don't care if they want to sit there and watch a movie <laughs> the entire time. Be quiet. Yeah. Be quiet. Let me drive, and uh, we will get there much much faster. Yeah. So, one one final one. Uh, favorite superhero? Uh, Batman. Batman. Definitely Batman because uh, not gen genetically altered. Uh, I, I really like Batman because he he was just a rich guy with toys. Uh, and you know, as growing up as a kid, I figured, you know, I'm never gonna get bit by some weird spider. 
I'm not going to fall into a vat of uh, mutant waste or something, you know, but I could be rich with a bunch of toys. That could happen, right? <laughs> Just work out really hard and, and you know, uh, develop toys. I mean, that I could do that. You don't even have to work out really hard. They can put a suit on you that makes you look that way. Exactly. Exactly. That, so definitely a Batman. All righty. Well, I, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, give everybody a quick rundown again of where they can find you and read all your information and everything. Yeah, sure. So on Twitter at the underscore FF underscore engineer. And you can go check out my site, the FF uh, where it has all my leagues listed, um, different rundowns. Uh, I'll usually post like uh, little mini blogs there. If, uh, if I got a thought that's under like 500 words or something, so it's more than Twitter and uh, less than enough to really po post on DLF. Um, I'll post it there. And then, uh, uh, of course, DLF. So I do a weekly uh, Twitter observations article that you can catch on DLF. Um, as I like to tweet out and I say, uh, uh, subscription is not required for the weekly Twitter observations, but it's highly recommended. All righty. And it is a, it is a, the, the website that you have, it is a great source. I will plug commissiontalk.com, uh, you know, for, for Justin, he, we do discuss a lot of league stuff on that website, a lot of different ideas, but if somebody's looking for an actual preset league, we do a lot of just theoretical discussion about what can go into leagues. If you're looking for actual bylaws of different kinds of leagues, the ffengineer.com has, Everything. I mean, there there is a wide variety of leagues. If you're looking for a place to go and read up on a league that you think you might want to mimic, I would recommend going to this website and, and doing some reading on it. That is definitely the way to start a league is to read about other leagues first. Going into something blind uh, definitely makes it a lot more challenging. So as for me, you can interact with me. I'm at EmpireFFL on Twitter. Like I said, you can find some discussions that I've had on commissiontalk.com. Uh, as for that, other than that, uh, thanks for thanks for listening and uh, continue to enjoy the insanity. Thanks a lot, Kevin. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>